In 2003, in San Francisco Zoo, <laughs> something remarkable happened. In the zoo, there were 46 penguins that had been long-term residents in the zoo. And if you know anything about penguins, penguins are supposed to swim. But in San Francisco Zoo, where everything that they needed was simply given to them, fish was provided, the only time they dipped into the water was literally for a dip to cool themselves and the occasional leisurely swim. Frankly, they had stopped being real penguins because penguins are supposed to swim. But this changed one day when six new residents came to live in San Francisco Zoo. Six new residents from a zoo in Ohio had been transported to San Francisco Zoo. And the newcomers, upon their arrival, obviously hadn't got the memo about how the way things were for San Francisco penguins. Because the moment they arrived, what did they do? They jumped into the pool and started swimming round and round and round and round. All day from dusk till dawn, or dawn till dusk, they swam. They did what penguins should do. Why? Because they were penguins. The zookeepers didn't notice them cajoling or squawking or encouraging the other penguins to join them in their swimming. But what they did notice was as these six penguins swam, very quickly the 40 odd other penguins started to join them. One or two at first jumped in and started to swim for a little bit and then very, very quickly, it wasn't long before all the penguins were doing what penguins should do, swimming round and round and round and round. Within a matter of days, all the penguins started living as penguins again. And this story illustrates something that we all know to be true, but so easily forget, that we are all massively impacted by our environment, by those around us. If we are in a healthy environment, that encourages us in a good way. If we are in unhealthy situations, that doesn't help us. And that's why the writer of the words that's from Hebrews makes it so clear to us. This is what the writer says. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's consider how we may spur one another on. Let's not give up meeting together. Let's simply encourage each other. In short, we all know that we need each other. Just as those long-term residents that were a little bit comfortable in San Francisco Zoo didn't know it, but they needed those six new penguins so that they might really live as penguins. As the old poem says, no man is an island. Uh, this struck me recently when I was on YouTube. It's always a dangerous thing to be on YouTube and go where the rabbit warren leads. I was watching videos of Impala in Africa and I saw two videos. Why? Great question. No idea. It's actually, I'd seen, I'd seen something. In, in, anyway, anyway, great question. Uh, why, why Impala? And there were two videos that struck me. 
The first one was a video with a group like this on the screen that were doing what Impala do, drinking, and then suddenly one of them, their head went up. And you could see on the video a leopard that was very carefully approaching this kind of herd of Impala. And of course, the one saw it. What then happened? All the others quickly knew and they ran, and the leopard didn't get his tea. That was the first video. The second video was not such a happy ending. And it's worth, you can look at this, uh, it's, it's quite an interesting one. There's these two impala that are fighting each other, head to head. And on the video, you see these two fighting each other. But if you look very carefully in the distance, you see a slight puff of dust. And this blob that is gradually getting bigger towards you, and you very quickly realize this is a lion running towards these impala. And of course, what happens? The impala are so busy attacking each other that very sadly, the video doesn't end well for one of them. The lion, before they notice, the lion is too close and one of them is no more. We need each other to spur each other on, says the writer in Hebrews. When we're in good situations with good people encouraging us and spurring us on, it literally can be a life saver. Now the obvious point here is that they spur each other on, not tear each other down. That word spur that the writer says literally means provoke, incite. Let me give a contemporary example of this. I don't know if you know who this man is, Kanye West. If you know your hip hop or if you know your contemporary culture, you will know that Kanye West is one of the biggest uh, pop artists on the world, in, in, uh, in the world at the moment, self-declared one of the greatest artists of all time. Not sure if that's true, but anyway, that's what he likes to think. But what is interestingly, in the last few weeks, he has released an album called Jesus is King. In fact, when he released it, what was interesting in the top 10 global charts, for a little while, there were six songs in the top 10 that were all about Jesus. Quite interesting. But anyway, he's the major global megastar. But in the last however many months, it's clear that something has been happening in his life. And he is now what he refers to as a self-professed Christian. In fact, one TV show said, are you now a Christian artist? And he said, no, I'm a Christian everything. But what's been interesting is because of who he is with all his wealth and all his history, what has been fascinating is if you look on social media is how people have tried to tear him down. I have no idea about what's going on in his life, but what's been interesting is how quick we are to judge and to dismantle him. And one author, Krish Kandaya, helpfully says, we all benefit more from a helping hand than a pointing finger. Spur each other on, says the writer to the Hebrews. And do you notice what the writer says, spur each other on for what? Would you notice that second line? And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Why do we need to spur each other on towards love and deeds? Good deeds, because we so quickly forget. 
And may I suggest, therefore, that spurring each other on towards love and good deeds is not best done like this cartoon from Peanuts. I don't know if you can read it. Great cartoon. Why are you always anxious to criticize me? I just think I have a knack for seeing other people's faults. What about your own faults? I have a knack for overlooking them. Have you ever heard of this? Anyone ever heard of fundamental attribution error? This is something that apparently is very, very common within humans. In other words, we are quick to critique and criticize other people on the basis of their character, but we expect other people to critique us on the basis of our circumstances. Let me explain. Parent, if you are a parent, you will know what it's like to be walking around, say, the supermarket, and your little child is screaming and seeing the looks of other people, which are not looks of pity so often, and more looks of, you must be a bad parent letting your child do that. We've all been in those situations where we feel judged as a person rather than the basis of our circumstances. So we look at others and say they must be a bad parent, whereas we as the parent are going, no, help me, if only you knew my child, or whatever's going on. In other words, we do this. I'm great when we do something well, but then when somebody else does, we think, oh, they were just lucky, <laughs> or the other way around. That person, she got that wrong. She must be terrible. Whereas me, if only you knew what I was going through when I get something wrong. In other words, we judge people on the basis of their character, expect people to critique us on the basis of our <laughs> circumstances. Might I suggest that that approach is not spurring one another on towards love and good deeds? This is what the writer says. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So spur each other on rather than tear each other down. That's the first thing. How do we do that? By meeting together, by being in close proximity with each other. To use that example of a helping hand rather than the pointing finger, to help but give a helping hand, what do you have to do? You have to be close enough to give a helping hand. Whereas a pointing finger you can do from a distance. How do we spur each other on? by not giving up meeting together. That's what Sundays are for. That's what this is for. That's what our groups are for. By being in close enough proximity to encourage and spur each other on. Friends, if you're here for the first time and Jesus is not really on your radar or you're just beginning to think something is going on, that there's some good news here, part of the value of meeting together is to help us all understand more and more what it means, what Jesus has done for us. Let me give an example of this from the Bible. In, uh, in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he has a very honest moment about the impact of other people in spurring him on. This is what he says. When we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. Notice, by the way, circumstances were difficult, 
conflict on the outside, but also fears within. Internally, he's struggling. Don't we all know that's the case? Sometimes our circumstances are bad that we need other people to help us with, but also sometimes it's stuff inside us. Our fears, our issues. Paul has both. And look at how those are helped. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you'd given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. So Paul is doing something amazing, but circumstances are against him, and deep internal stuff is battling against him. So what happens? Titus comes to spur him on. How does Titus spur him on? Because Titus has been spurred on by other people. Friends, look at the person next to you and say, you are important to me. Go for it to spur each other on. And we don't do that by tearing each other down, but by providing a helping hand. Friends, you do not know the impact that you can have on somebody's life, even this morning. These people who encouraged Titus may not have known the impact that he would have in encouraging Paul. It's the knock-on effect, friends. We need each other. And so therefore, can I say, Sundays, we gather together here every week. Part of the reason for that is for each other, not just for me and God. So we sing songs together, yes, to praise God for all he's done, but also to encourage each other. So therefore, when you enter into worship and you're, you're praising Jesus with all your heart, yes, that's about you, but actually it has a massive encouraging impact on other people around you. But also, that's why it's important to join together. Now, can I say something that uh, in my own life I've begun to realize, and I share it just by way of a caution that I'm clocking, but also may be helpful for you. We live in a society where I can get world-class teaching, Bible preaching, and world-class worship songs on my phone in a click of a button. Great things to do, great things to listen to on your commute, great things to put on your headphones when you're going for a run, whatever it is. Fantastic. But can I say, that is never a substitute for gathering together. Following Jesus is a communal thing, not just me and Jesus. That's why we meet together. And so therefore, when we do meet together... It's not just what I get out of it. Actually, there's a part of, I have an opportunity to spur others on, even this morning. So let's set a challenge. Why don't each of us, after this thing this morning, over a cup of coffee, why don't each of us say, right, I, this morning, I'm going to spur one person on. Whatever that looks like, let's do it. Should we do it? After, let's see how that goes. We'll all leave 10 foot, 10 foot sky high whatever the phrase is, after this morning. Uh, Community is key. But can I add something else into this? If you're anything like me, it can be so easy to think, I won't bother going tonight because I won't be missed. Nobody needs me. We do. Now, now hear me. We all have stuff in life. Life is full. I get that. This is not a stick to beat ourselves up. I've got to be. I've got to be there. I've got to be there. But rather, it's a different perspective 
on why we gather together. So when we've got our groups, our midweek group, our community group, or our life group, it can be so easy. I've had a busy day. I, I don't know. Because uh, we think about us all the time rather than actually I have an opportunity to spur someone else on today. And do you notice something about these verses again in Hebrews 10? We go back to it. As some are in the habit of doing. It can be so easy if you're like me to get out of habits. Habits are actually quite a good thing if they are good. And here is a habit of meeting together that is a good thing even if we don't feel it. And it can be so easy, can't it, to get out of the habit. And before long, we forget and lose the impact. Don't be like this guy. Don't know if you know who this man is. This man's name is Simeon the Stylite. What a great name. Sounds like a pop group, doesn't it? In Syria, in the 5th century, there were a group of people who referred to themselves as the Stylites, or recalled that. And Simeon was kind of the figurehead. Why? He lived at the top of a pillar. He lived at the top of a pillar for 37 years. Why? Because he so wanted to escape the pressures and the temptations of the world that he basically built a pillar that he lived on top of and just made people pass food up and all that sort of stuff. Can I suggest, let's not be the 21st century equivalent of that. We need each other. Interestingly, of course, he needed other people to throw up food and all that sort of stuff as well. Let's not be like Simeon the Stylite. We need each other, even if the people around us we find tricky. No man is an island. So, let's spur each other on, not tear each other down. Let's keep on, therefore, meeting together, whatever that looks like. Grab a group of people around you who you know encourage you. If you've got a world that's particularly exhausting at the moment, think about those people that you do know in your sphere who do fill up your bucket, as it were. Get them around you to spur you on. Say, look, I'm really struggling with this. I can't avoid this at the moment, but actually, therefore, could you just encourage me? And that's the third reason. We do it because we need to be encouraged. Do you notice the context of all of this? Look at the very first line that was in this verse. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. We can all spur each other on by, you know, you're looking nice this morning. That color really suits you. Oh, your hair looks nice. But that's not the real spurring on we need. We need to be encouraged to cling on to the hope we profess. The context of this is there's a group of Christians who are clearly have believed in Jesus and are giving all for him. But then suddenly some people have kind of got in their way a little bit and teaching all sorts of odd things. And so they're beginning to walk away and think maybe Jesus isn't all that he said he was. And maybe if I just have to not only believe in what he's done, but I also have to do all these things like these old practices, like get circumcised or whatever it might be. That's in those days. And simply the writer is saying, you need other people around you to encourage us to keep on believing the good news. The hope that we profess that one day all of this, the struggles we battle with, even the death we're terrified of will be gone. 
cling to the hope we profess. And why do we encourage each other? Or do you notice those words? For he who promised is faithful. There are times in my life, and I'm sure there's times in your life, where the reality of who Jesus is and the reality of what he's done seems a million miles away. And frankly, the good news of Jesus doesn't seem so real. If you're in that situation at the moment, we need each other. Because how, if you're in that situation, are you going to keep putting one foot in front of the other? I'll tell you how you do it. You need other people to therefore put their arm around you and walk with you. That's what we are for. So that we're able to keep on clinging to the hope we profess. Why? Not because I'm strong enough to keep believing this, to keep going, but because he who promised is faithful. And so therefore I say to you, if you're in that situation, you are simply struggling to put one foot in front of the other. Can I encourage you that he who promised is faithful? He's got you. He's got his arm around you and walking with you. And he will take you through. And that's what we need each other for. To put our arms around each other and say, let me carry you for a while because I know life is tricky. Let me walk with you, because let me tell you, there's a God who loves you, a Father who cares for you, who sees your need, and he's faithful. He's got you. So that's why we need each other, to spur each other on, not tear each other down. Let's keep meeting together so that we can encourage each other. So what we're going to do now is we've deliberately made a bit of space at the end. We've got a good 20 minutes. Where in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to sing together, the band are going to lead us, but it's an opportunity for us to respond together and be prayed with. You'll know every Sunday what we do is we have our prayer ministry team. And it can be, if you're honest, sometimes we think, what I've got, I don't really need prayer, or it's not big enough to really go forward for prayer. Let's, we've got a good bit of space to respond and pray with one another. That's simply, when people pray for us, that's what they're doing. They're encouraging us. They're saying, God, would you speak into this person? And simply standing with that person actually gives us a sense of encouragement because we're in this together.